Well, hello and welcome back to Noah's Window. Some things I want to share with you today. Um, oh, actually, there's several things, but one I want to be kind of a continuation of the last time I taped because I was trying to take a moment to thank so many people and all of you prayed. And I got to tell you, you guys out there, you're amazing. Your uh, words of encouragement uh, to me and to Mark, but also, and a special thanks to the people who jumped in and filled in for us. Um, Daniel Mahana and Dan and Debbie Kubish and Jonathan, and they did a, a marvelous job. But I also want to just thank you guys because you sent in such encouraging messages. I want to make sure you know, I try to get online and respond to all of you, but um, just to let you know, I made sure everybody saw your encouraging comments. Well. Yeah. Now, while I'm talking about you as the Noah's Window audience, a couple of things I want to share with you that I don't know if we shared in a while or at all, but at the concert in the park on September 23rd, we are going to have a Noah's Window um, booth, as it were, kind of like a tent, to do a meet and greet. I hope you're coming to the concert in the park. It's September the 23rd, and uh, if you go to newspring.org, all the details are there. But we would love to see you at the Noah's Window little meet and greet corner. We would love to get to see you in person, so I hope that you'll be able to come to that. So. We're in the middle of going through the, the scriptures that you guys submitted, and thank you again for responding. And I know Mark has talked the last couple of days about different verses that you submitted, but I, I want to come in and jump in a little bit today because uh, now that we're finally back into our daily readings, we've been reading, we're catching up, so we're behind, but we've been reading in the book of Job and, um, and also in Corinthians. But the reason I really want to jump in on this and talk about it for a minute is one of the experiences that I had while I was terribly sick, and I uh, had mentioned it in an earlier video and I edited it out, but I, I want to revisit it because I want to tell you, I did have a rather startling experience in a healthcare environment um, when I was very, very sick, probably the worst day. And I was startled by the lack of compassion, almost anger. Um, I don't know, it was, it was very startling. I, I'm getting kind of old now, so I've been in a lot of healthcare environments. I've never been treated that way, and it really it stunned me. And then, as we were reading through the Book of Job, I thought, "This isn't new. This has been around for a while." Those of you who pay attention to social media and, and everybody, it's kind of in our face, isn't it? But you probably have seen some of what I experienced, and that is, um, there is a I think mostly driven by fear and a misunderstanding of a lot of things people are treating one another in a very unkind way and they're treating people who are suffering in a very unkind way it's just hard to even process that but as we were reading through the book of job it it, it reminded me this is not new now i want to challenge you to do a couple of things I want, I want to point out some things in the book of job but i'm hoping that it will encourage you to go get your bible and read this book it's part of the the section of books that we call the po the books of poetry it's in the poetical section but the book of Job was probably the earliest one written, probably before Moses wrote the Pentateuch. So it's very, very ancient. And yet the people you meet in the book of Job will remind you of the people you've been seeing on social media. So here's this. I, I don't have, I, I, I want to keep this short. So I want to encourage you to go get your Bible, find the book of Job. And I want you to read for yourself the beginning of the book of Job. Because if you don't read the beginning you won't understand the story. So you have to read the book, the beginning of the book of Job. Um, and then we're going to talk about some of the things going on. One more thing before I jump in. Um, several years back, I can't remember, maybe it was 2008, Mark did a series called Silence. 
which is a fairly short series, but it was on the book of Job. And I know when I used to meet with uh, women who were going through hard times, I gave away that series like candy because it's so powerful. And I think Mark was just reminding me, I think it was the second sermon in that series called White Noise, where he he lists a lot of the things that we're going to talk about today, but a lot more. So if you haven't already heard that series, I don't know if it's still available online. I know you can order it through our store. If you haven't already heard the series Silence, I would really encourage you in this day and time, it will speak to you. Uh, I, I guarantee all of us are affected. So great series. I hope you will go get it. It is on the book of Job. So here's the deal. You go read the beginning of Job and find out what actually happens. Because at the beginning of Job, God tells us what's really going on behind the scenes. And then all these great calamities come on Job, unspeakable calamities, and they happen so fast. And and you and I have seen this um, with, I know I, I was just reminded this morning of families that seem to have had just punch after punch, a death and a sickness and a tragedy and an accident and like so many things and this is what happened to Job now again if you go back and read the beginning of the book God explains the behind the scenes but Job doesn't know he doesn't have the beginning of the book to know what's going on behind the scenes all he knows suddenly he is suffering to an exponential sense he's lost everything he's lost everything he owned he lost his children he lost his health he's lost everything and it's a it's a dire situation and he doesn't understand why and isn't that where a lot of us are when we're in a very painful situation and we want to ask why? Why? What did I do? What, you know, what is God teaching me? All the questions, all the questions. And so Job is in, he's in such a painful place at this point. Uh, his body is just racked with this, these terrible sores. So he's miserable and um, he, he's just, he's miserable beyond words. And then he has some friends that come to visit him. And that's what I want to talk to you about. So his friends come to visit him. And they come, and the and you can go read this. I hope you'll go read it. The first thing they do is they come and just sit and look at him and don't say anything. Now, that had to be pretty miserable. I'm not really big on um, having general company when I'm in a point of absolute misery. But he they came. And after, I think it's seven days of silence, they started talking. And then it got even worse because his friends were making presumptions. And their presumption was, because you are in this condition, you must have, and God must have. And so they go into these long, long speeches. And and what's interesting, if you read through the book of Job, you'll find that in, in um, when Job is questioning, why did God do this to me? They all go on these long speeches about how wonderful God is and what God did. And, and as they're going on through these speeches, they do say some things that are true. And Job will even say, some of the things that you're saying are true in principle. But as they're going on these long speeches, they make some very specific accusations against Job that are absolutely not true. And, and not only that, but these friends are making these accusations about Job supposedly on behalf of God. Now, I don't know what, if you're living in a lot of the same world that I'm living in, but the, the meanness and the bitterness and the anger and the judgments that are being rendered are being rendered from a righteous position. And, and yet they're so wrong. Uh, but this is what's happening to Job. So let me give you a few examples. So here's one of his friends. His friend Bildad in Job chapter 8 verse 4 said, Your children must have sinned against him, so their punishment was well deserved. Now, I, I got to tell you, 
There is no pain quite like the loss of a child. I have not experienced it, but I have been very close to people who have. I know uh, my mother and father-in-law experienced the loss of a four-year-old, and there's no pain like the loss of a child. And Job lost all of his children in a tornado all at one time. Now, again, we know the beginning of the story. We know the why. And we saw God describe how Job was so concerned about his children being right before God that he would offer special sacrifices and pray for them. You'd have to go, go I hope you'll go read the beginning of the book. But here's this friend, Bildad, who says, your children must have sinned against God so terribly that their punishment was well-deserved. Now, I'm sure that was a great comfort to poor Job, who's sitting there in the ashes. Here, here's another one of his friends. Let, let's jump down to uh, chapter 11. Chapter 11, verse 6, here's another friend. His name is Zophar. Zophar says, listen, God is doubtless punishing you far less than you deserve. Oh, my goodness. Um, how can you say such a thing to a suffering person? And yet, you know what, friends? That's what's happening to a lot of people in, in our world today, people who are suffering, people who are suffering loss and sickness and desperation, and the people around them who should be offering comfort and assistance are in, instead railing with accusations and anger and resentment. It's, 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 it's awful, but you know what? It's not new because here we have it. Okay, so here's, here's, one, here's what Job said. Now, if you'll go read it, you'll see Job respond several times in, in disbelief, like, I can't believe you're supposed to be my friends and you're talking to me this way. But here's one example Job says in chapter 6, verse 14. He said, one should be kind to a fainting friend, but you accuse me without any fear of the Almighty. I think that's interesting. And we'll talk about the end of the book here in a minute. But he didn't say without any fear of me, Job. Job said, no, you're, you're accusing me without any fear of the Almighty. That means when we make accusations against people, we need to keep in mind that we're, we're, we shouldn't be fearing God because we don't know. that We need to know there are things we don't know. And be careful about making accusations. One more I want, I want to share with you. It's a little later in the book. Another friend, Eliphaz, in Job 22.9 says to Job, You must have sent widows away empty-handed and crushed the hopes of orphans. Now, I'm not going to speak to that because I hope you'll go read the beginning of the book. But God gives us specific things about Job and what he did for widows and orphans. So here are here's the thing. When your friends... Um, falsely accuse you of things that you would never do things that you would never do and and it adds it it heaps on pain on top of what pain you already have let's just remember that that is not what god wants us to do now i want to read you one more passage in job you know then i want to jump to the new testament for just a minute but if you read the book of job when you get to the very end god comes in and he speaks to job and he speaks to the friends and, um, and I'm in chapter 42, the very end of the book. And when God is, is bringing things to a conclusion and he's speaking to these friends, um, it, the Bible says, God says to Eliphaz, um, I'm angry with you and your two friends. And here's why. God said he was angry. For you have not spoken accurately about me. Now, in, in self-righteousness, a lot of times Christians or non-Christians who, um, 
who who think from a point of righteousness that they are so right that anybody who's uh, you know not on the same page with them has got to be unrighteous and and therefore puts them in a place of representing God but they're wrong God will hold them to account God goes on to say um he has he has the friends go get um animals for sacrifice and he he says my servant job will pray for you and i will accept his prayer on your behalf so interesting that at the end of the book god tells these friends you were wrong and you need job to pray for you and if job prays for you i will hear his prayer now amazing um and so in verse 10 of that same chapter the bible says job did pray for his friends and it was after he prayed for his friends that God restored to him everything that he had lost. So I hope you'll go read the book of Job. For one thing, I think you will find a lot of common ground um, with the world we're living in right now uh, of those who are suffering. But I want to jump to the New Testament for just a moment because other, you know, uh, if you've been watching or listening for a while, you know that when in the mornings Mark and I read the one-year Bible. So there's Old Testament passage and New Testament passage in the New Testament. It's interesting that so many times there's a parallel. The New Testament passage we were reading was in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. So Paul's introducing the book. It's his second letter to the Corinthians. That's why it's 2 Corinthians. And I'm going to jump in a little bit in verses 3 and 4. And Paul's saying to the Corinthians, God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. Now, I hope you'll go read there too because he's just described or he's about to describe some really dire situations that he and his companion were in and they thought they were going to die. They were prepared to die, but they didn't die. But he goes on to say here, okay, God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that, and that's one of those phrases that's going to tell us something important. So God comforts us in all our troubles. Why? So that we can comfort others. One of the things, if you're a Christ follower, one of the reasons you exist on this earth right now is to represent God to those who are suffering around you. And what he brings is comfort, not condemnation. That's so important. And as we're navigating through these difficult times, and there's so many opinions and so many, um, so many strong feelings, so much fear still, uh, just remember that we are, as Christ followers, we are here to represent God. And God is a God of all comfort. And we should be representing him as a God of all comfort. You know what? Here's the thing. In ministry, we comfort people who have put themselves in a bad place all the time. In fact, the Bible tells us that one of our jobs is to help people who oppose themselves. In other words, they've made so many bad decisions. They've put themselves in a really bad place. But God's all in the, about the redeeming business. That's why Jesus came and died. He didn't come and die for the people who deserved it, who, who were good, who, you know, like... Job's friends were saying, you're, un, you're unrighteous, that's why God's punishing you. Jesus took punishment on the cross for everyone, for everyone's sin. This isn't about righteous and unrighteous. This is about suffering and representing God as the Redeemer and bringing the gospel to a broken situation. That's why we're here. So I hope that we will all remember as we're walking this very difficult, confusing, complicated road that we remember it's always right to bring comfort to those who are hurting. So I hope we can remember to do that, whatever our situation is. And I hope that encourages your heart 
So um, there's a lot of strange things going on out there, but let's remember as we're representing the Lord that we can uh, represent Him well, even when things are hard. So I hope that will bless you today. I, I just felt very strongly I wanted to share that with you. Hope you'll read the book of Job. Go read the book of Second Corinthians too. It's a wonderful letter. Let's have a word of prayer. Oh, Father, these are difficult days, and there are so many people suffering. Uh, right now, the prayer list is a long one, and it seems to grow longer every day. And only you truly know what's going on in each of these situations. Only you truly are feeling the suffering and the desperation and the pain and, and all of these things, Father. We know that you bring comfort to these situations, and you walk through these valleys with us. And you are the God who loved us so much that you sent your son to come and pay the price for all the sin that is at the root of all this pain and suffering. And Father, just help us as we represent you here on this earth to a hurting world that you would help us to remember to bring comfort and grace to those that are hurting and um, help us not to get caught up in all the arguments and to remember why we're here and who it is we represent and to be careful about any accusations that we might be inclined to make. And just help us to have that warm, tender heart toward those that are in, in pain. And to that, Father, I just pray a special prayer for all those who are watching or listening or maybe they're home right now dealing with sickness or loss or tragedy, the things that are going on. And uh, some, some on our list right now, Father, we know are, are dealing with cancer still. So many other things are still going on that we sometimes almost forget about. But there's so much suffering in this world. And I just pray that in all of these situations, those that are watching or listening who are feeling desperate right now, I pray, Father, that you would wrap your arms of comfort around them, that they would feel your presence and feel your love, and that you would touch their situation, their bodies, their needs, their bring provision. Father, I'm thinking of a couple that's that's in a desperate situation for a job and another young mother who's trying to get a, a roof over her children's head and so many people in so so many difficult situations. I just pray that you would come into those situations and bring provision and bring comfort and bring healing and all the things that are needed because we know you are a loving and uh, powerful and gracious God and that you do bring redemption in broken situations and we're going to trust you for that. Thank you for all the answers. Thank you for all those you have brought through these deep valleys and they're now on the other side. Thank you for bringing healing to our lives and to our home. And I just pray that you would continue to heal and to bless and to provide according to your will. We're going to thank you for all these things, Father. Thank you so much for our future that we have to look forward to, even though this life can be hard. We know ultimately we have the most wonderful future to look forward to. And we pray that that would come soon. And in the meantime, may we serve faithfully. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hope to see you again tomorrow. And we're going to talk more about the scriptures that you have um, suggested because you gave us so many good ones. And I hope that you'll go grab that Bible and read the book of Job's kind of long. But I think you might um, find some kinship in there. So I hope that'll be a blessing to your day just to be remembered. Just to remember that we're not the first ones that have walked through deep, dark valleys, and God always shows up. So I hope you'll have a blessed day, and I look forward to seeing you again the next time here on Noah's Window. Love you guys. God bless. See you next time.